Congregation of Jesus Christ, this morning we, we have a choice before us. How do you see your life? And the choice we have before us is either as a mud brick or a living stone. That's the choice. That's the picture the Bible gives us through these readings. Either you are a mud brick or a living stone. When we were in in our travels in the Holy Land, we had opportunity to travel in Egypt, and we made our way south of Cairo, about 600 kilometers, and we came along the Nile, all, all habitation in Egypt is along the Nile, and we came to Luxor, which is the ancient capital of Egypt. It's the place where 63 pharaohs are buried in the Valley of the Kings. So for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, it was the center of power of control in Egypt. It's named Luxor now. Formerly it was Thebes. It is the center of ancient Egyptian culture. It's the place where Pharaoh's daughter pulled Moses out of the Nile River. It says in Exodus 1 verse 8 that there is a new Pharaoh. Around the time when Moses uh, is living, there is a new Pharaoh. And in Egyptian history, the country uh, stretches quite long, north and south along the River Nile. And uh, the northern area around Cairo had its own government, and the southern area had its own government. And they generally got along quite well. But at times, there was conflict. And so at the time just before Moses, the southern region occupies the north. And so it says in Exodus 1 verse 8, a Pharaoh came who did not know Joseph. And you wonder, why is that? And the reason is because this is the Pharaoh from the southern region who hadn't been part of everything that Joseph did and God did. And so this is a new Pharaoh and he has no respect for God or of the Hebrew people. You wonder, how did that change so quickly? What happened? Well, that's what happened. And so this new Pharaoh, who did not know Joseph, had no respect for what God had done. And as the numbers of Hebrews are increasing, Exodus 1 verse 9, he enslaves them. And in Exodus 1.14, it tells us that he forced them into hard labor making bricks. Now, I, I never thought much of it. I mean, that's, that's just the story, right? He, he takes them and, and he forces them to make bricks. People made bricks at that time to build houses, to build walls. Uh, that's, that's what they used, uh, the mud and the straw. And, and you think, too, well, that's fine. There's not really much more to that. But actually, there is a lot more to that. 
I want to explain it to you this morning. There's a fundamental understanding of, of our life, our human life. Is it, is it a brick or is it a living stone? And so as we traveled around uh, in Luxor, one of the places that, that our, our guide stopped us was at a place where they made bricks. They still make mud bricks right there in the same way as they did in ancient times. And I just have a, a quick video here. This, uh, I didn't make this, but I found it uh, just to show you how they make the bricks here. Here's the guy. He's in the, a pit with, with the mud and the straw, and he works it around, and it's really heavy work. And so, yeah, it's very difficult, uh, the f initial working and stirring and everything else, to get, to get the mud right, to get the consistency right. So there you see the, the various pits. And then to take some of it and just to work it. And then to make each individual brick with a little wooden frame. There you go. One brick at a time. There. 600 bricks a day. The man we went to see, he was there with his family, with his sons, and he had made uh, like a, a whole thing of bricks there. And he had worked at night. They work at night because then it's cooler. And so he was just finishing up in the morning when we got there. And... And you look at it and you think, man, oh man, one at a time. So we took turns, and, and yeah, you take the frame, you get the mud, you make the brick. Next one, and just on and on, just making bricks all the time. And then beside was, was from the night before, and those had dried a little bit. And then beside that was from the night before. And so he, and then the family helped turn the bricks. And so at the end, he gave us a brick. And John Luce took it with him. I picked it up from him today in Edmonton. Uh, this is an actual mud brick. The point that I want to make for you and the point of the mud brick is that it is very fragile. Really, it's quite heavy. I have it on the tray because if you, if you hold it and stuff, it, uh, I wasn't sure how to pass it around. I asked John too, what do we do? But he said too, just pass it around, see what happens. This is, this is a mud brick. I don't know if maybe you, you maybe could, could kind of guide it a little bit between. Cause, and you can see the straw, and you can see. And, and the point of it is, is that it's, it's not strong. It's not like these bricks. These are bricks that we know. These are regular bricks. Uh, Herman Scoling just gave me a couple of these. These are solid, you pass these around, no problem at all. This, this one is going to crumble, and, and I don't even know how long it's going to last. Uh, John said too, if it doesn't, don't worry about it. But fragile, just, just put together, it'll hold together for a little bit, but it's, it's definitely just something that they put together, that they use, 
but it's, it's not strong at all. It's not very solid. Here's a picture of a wall made of, they just stack them up, and, and there they are. Now, they could fire that brick, and the gentleman had a place where he piled them up and put fire underneath and tried to firm them up a little bit, and then, and then they would be firmer, not like this, but they would be firmer, and they would last a little longer. The biggest danger to a brick like that is if it gets wet, then it, then it just dissolves, right? It's just a little mud and some straw. So in terms of the actual reason why they use bricks, why they make the bricks, is because it doesn't rain. So they can manage with these bricks because all along the Nile is in the middle of the Sahara Desert and the average rainfall is one millimeter a year. One millimeter, it doesn't rain there. So if you make a brick like this and you use it, it'll be okay for a little while. But eventually, even just the weight of a wall and, and, and just even the wind and, and different things, it will crumble. It's not strong. And that reality is first of all. I wanted just to, to connect with you. The Bible talks about bricks earlier. What was the tower in Genesis 11? The tower? Babel, right? Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. What was it made of? Bricks. Genesis 11, verse 3 says, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. There was technology for firing bricks. It was developed already uh, three, 4,000 BC. It made bricks more waterproof, and it needed to do that in the time of Babel because that was Mesopotamia where it rained a lot. And so they fired the bricks. It was expensive. It took a lot of wood, a lot of time, a lot of work, uh, but they needed it for important buildings. The bricks here in Exodus 5 are very different. They're not fired. And that's the key understanding. Bricks are temporary. They're very temporary. They're not, they're not strong. They're not solid. They're not lasting. They will not stand up for a long time. The reason that the Egyptian didn't fire the bricks was because it didn't rain. And the reason they didn't fire the bricks was because the only threat was the Nile River, the water of the Nile River. And when the people built their homes, their walls, things, they built them on the floodplain of the Nile. Now you think, too, that's dumb. Why do they build their homes down on the floodplain of the Nile? Well, because that's really the only place to build and the only place to live. If you come to the edge of the floodplain of the Nile, you are immediately in the desert and it's, it's basically uninhabitable. It's just awful. So they built on the floodplain knowing that 
the river would flood. Now, not every year. It flooded some every year, sometimes lots, but often manageable. They wanted it to flood so that the fields would get fertilized, but, but against a flood, even, even a fired brick would get washed away. There's no, there's no hope for it. It's temporary. It's not solid. It's not going to last. And so after the flood, you would just make more bricks. That understanding became even an, an understanding of life. That life is very temporal, very fragile, very short. The idea of, of, of bricks and living with bricks in a, in a land where, where the bricks fade and, and wash away. That's a whole image that is part of how people live day to day. Now, in this contrast is the Bible's picture of, of a stone. The Bible talks about stone. Brick is temporary, but stone is permanent. Building with stone is lasting. Egypt knew this as well, and they built their temples out of stone. And they built the temples on the floodplain. They, they brought stone in from hundreds of kilometers away in order to make their temples. And the temples could withstand the floods. The Bible has a similar understanding of stone in relation to worshiping God, the true God of Israel, what do you make an altar out of for God? Stone, not brick. So that in the very altar itself, you are calling on the eternal God who is always faithful and true. You also have when Joshua, for example, crosses the Jordan and, and God does a great thing in Joshua 4. Then they take the stones out of the river, pile them up. This is an eternal reminder of what God has done. And then in Isaiah 65, verse 3, the prophet speaks to the people and says, These are a people who are continually provoke me to my very face, offering sacrifice and burning incense on altars of brick. Well, well what's the difference? Just make an altar of brick. You're, you're offering to the Lord, right? No. You are, you are taking on a, a very temporary thing. I'll just do this for a little bit. And, and even too, who is the God I'm worshiping? And, and will that altar be standing here for a long time? No. It'll, it'll just be gone. But God is not gone. God is eternal, permanent, forever. And so that contrast, brick is temporary, temporal, weak, and fading. Stone is solid, strong, lasting, and eternal. Also, when God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, he writes them on, they had tablets of clay. He doesn't want tablets of clay. It's tablets of stone. The eternal word of God carved into the stone of the tablets to speak eternally into the hearts and lives of God's people. This is the God we serve. This is 
our life in relation to an everlasting God gives us a whole different picture of who we are, who God is, and how our life unfolds before him. Now, just looking at the text, with this understanding, ask the text a few questions. It's always good to do that. The question, why did Pharaoh want the Israelites to make bricks? Well, it says in Exodus 1, verse 11, that Pharaoh was building some store cities, uh, Pithom and Ramses, and he needs bricks to do that, and so they have to make bricks. So, okay, that's understandable. Why, why the quotas? Why the, why the push? Why the, the purpose? Why all these bricks? And it talked in our reading, too. The quotas are there. So much per day. Why do we need so many bricks? Well, you could say, too, maybe, maybe he wants to do more building and stuff. But that's not it. When we read in Exodus 5 that Pharaoh demands more bricks, it's not that he wants more bricks, because really bricks are, are pointless. Bricks are of very little or no value at all. He wants less Israelites. That's what he wants. He doesn't want more bricks. He wants less Israelites. And so, so he is forcing them. Okay, thank you. He is forcing them to work, as it says in Exodus 5, verse 21, to kill them. With the babies thrown in the Nile, with the working, he wants less Israel. He wants to actually kill them. And there is a, a picture of, of, of life, the, the life of, of bricks, making bricks, will kill you. It's, it's a deadening. It will kill you. It will kill your faith. It will kill you physically and personally. It will kill your faith, which is the third thing. The point behind Exodus 5, where the Pharaoh is trying to work God right out of them, verses 8 and 9. Uh, have them uh, work harder so that they will uh, forget to go and, and sacrifice to God. Forget about that stuff. So the, the brick mentality pushes God out. God, God is not here. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being worked to death. There is no God. There is no hope. And even as Moses comes as a deliverer, and you see at the end of our reading in, in chapter 5, the, the, the leaders come to Moses and say, uh, you know, God judge you. There's no God. There's no help. There's nothing good going on here. We are, we are just brick makers and, and our life is short and temporary and we are, we are weak and we are going to die and that's the end of that. That's the brick view of life. The brick view of life. It has several other implications. Every brick is the same. If you, if you look at a brick, all the bricks are the same. And, and, and you can use one or you can use another. It doesn't matter. And, and you can interchange them. And there's nothing different and nothing at all of importance or unusual about any. They're all just all the same. A brick is a brick is a brick. There's no, 
nothing personal, there's no meaning, there's no purpose, there's, there's nothing special. If you have a brick mentality, you are living your life in a way that, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm just another person. Nobody's very much different of anything, and we just live and die, and that's the end of that. Thank you very much. Very sad, pointless, purposeless life. Bricks are also made by people. That's, that's part of, of what it is. The man of making these bricks, these bricks have been made. People make bricks. And so, so in our life, too, you think, too, yeah, we are born uh, from our parents, and then we have children, and they have children. It's just more bricks. And, and what's the point? What's the purpose? What's, yeah, you just go on. You live while you live, and that's it. And it's just more bricks and there's no God, and there's nothing else. And even, even how you lay bricks, like I could lay brick, you could lay brick, you just take the bricks and you lay them. There's a little trick with the mortar. Some of those guys who are professional are definitely very good, but overall, there's not a lot to it in the sense of you take a brick, you put it in. You take another brick, you put it in. You just, you just go with the bricks. They're all the same, and there you go. And so... How do you work with, with bricks? It's just put together with little purpose, little thought. So, so if that's the view of my life, and that's kind of the view that, that was being driven into the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrews here. You're, you're, just, you're just a brick. You're just... Very temporary, very much your life is short. There's nothing special about you. Your life is pointless. Uh, where you are living, what you are doing, life is just a drudgery. Uh, you're here today, you're gone tomorrow. There is no God, there is no faith, there is no purpose. And that, that my friends, is what our society is trying to do to us. That's what we are told every day. That's what you and me face. As you go out of this building into a society that doesn't care or know about God, who are you? Ah, yeah, you're just another person. And what are you doing here? Well, if you don't do it, someone else will. I'll fire you and get somebody else. And what's your life? Uh, sure, just maybe get what you can. And, and yeah, you'll have, you know, you're breaking down like this brick here and you got troubles and trials. And yeah, you're very fragile. And, and when you're gone, you're gone. You're washed away in the sands of time, the river of time. And that's it. Too bad. Nothing more. Nothing else exists. That's, that's our culture. And I think even, even in terms of of how nothing lasts. Like our culture tries to build us up. Build us up. Oh, get this new and get that new and, and try this and try that. But you get it new and you get it home and after a year it's wore down and, and the car is, is depreciating and the house is wearing down and everything just, you can't stop it. It's just like, just like the, uh, the fragile brick, everything in life. It just wears away, wears away. There's nothing more. There's no greater purpose. 
the, the preacher in Ecclesiastes gives a, a, a definition, a word to it. Meaningless. Meaningless is your life. That's what the world tells you. Your life is meaningless. Like the wind comes and goes. Good luck, folks. Nothing else. That's not how we should live. God wants to free his people from that. He wants to free you and me from that empty life. That's not who we are. Who are we then? We have a living stone's view of life. It's best expressed there in 1 Peter 2, where Peter is encouraging the believers who are being oppressed by a godless culture, being persecuted for their faith, calling them to come to Jesus and using the living stone picture where he says that we are living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That we are, we are living stones built up for purpose, for meaning, for God's glory. Stones, stones in that sense are so very different. I just grabbed a couple stones from the front of the church here, just some little ones. And uh, I want you to think about it too. As you come to church, I mean, it's nice. We have the stones in front. I like that. We have stones, all, all nice little ones, different kinds. And, and that's, that's symbolic of, of, yeah, who we are. If you had to, had to just look at them, they're all unique. They're all different in size and shape. They're all different in their makeup. And so, so we think of it, we see each other too as those unique. God created people with purpose and gifts and talents. Each stone, stones are made by God. You don't, you don't make stones like this. These are all made by God. In that sense, God makes us. We are created in his image. And that is a wonderful, affirming uniqueness, an amazing thing. That's who we are. And, and if you build with stones, you need someone who's actually a creator, who actually takes each stone and, and fits them together in a way that works. And some, some fit here and some fit there, and they're not interchangeable. And it's not just grab whatever. No, it's, it's building specifically for a purpose together. And so we as a church too, why are particular people here? We need their gifts to do specific things so that we can bring praise to God. And it's not random, and it's not without purpose. It is God's work. We see it. We give thanks to God for it and encourage each other as God's purpose is worked out in and through us. That's who we are. Stone is also eternal. If you build something out of stone, it lasts. And that picture of, of eternal was, was understood already, and, and especially in the, in the biblical passage and here too, 
and, and uh, the picture of an eternal purpose, uh, an eternal home, an eternal future. That's what we're involved in. That's who we are. That's the blessing of God's plan and purpose. We are living stones. Now, I want to I just conclude with that. We are living stones. Now, you can still look at a stone and say, man, that's, that's not really living. That's, that's still kind of dead. But then I want you to look here at this stone. Peter Prince, when he made this baptismal font, he put a stone here. And people said, too, why do you put a stone here? And the reason he put the stone there is because our life, and when a child is baptized, then that child enters into the life of faith, of God, of Jesus. All of that is the living stone, the stone representing our faith that, that grows and builds in all that God is doing. And that comes back in 1 Peter 2 as it speaks of Jesus, the cornerstone. Jesus is that central stone. So in a way, this is, this is a cornerstone. It's looking to Jesus, the living stone, the cornerstone in whom we build our lives. And a cornerstone is living in the sense that it's placed at the corner of a building and it's, it's chiseled and shaped so that it, it has this side and this side exactly where they need to be and the direction is given and, and the starting point is set. And as we are made alive in Christ, our direction our purpose, our being built up in God's work, God's will becomes clear. And we live a life filled with purpose, filled with joy, filled with thankfulness. And, and that's too through VBS. That, that's what we want to share with people. People who come in and, and, and from walks of life without God and that we bring them in and say, hey, God wants you to be a living stone, that you would be a child of God with all that he comes and gives. Forgiveness, hope, joy, thankfulness. We can build our lives on him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for working in us by your spirit through your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our cornerstone, that living presence of God in us by your word and spirit. And we pray that you would help us push back that brick mentality when we feel, too, our life is pointless and worthless, when we get caught up in a world that tries to entertain us but gives us no hope and no future. Lord, that you are the one to come into our lives and give us, indeed, hope and a future strength and assurance for the day, and hope for tomorrow. We pray that even individually and as a church, we would continue to live our lives in thankfulness, offering ourselves as uh, sacrifices acceptable to you through Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. We're going to respond in singing.
from 446, if you but trust in God to guide you, we'll stand to